What is going on, people? Welcome back Yo. to Keep It 111. This is this is episode lucky number seven. Ooh. Um, and we're gonna talk about some things that are well. We're gonna start first start off with a topic that is a uh, a very unlucky. Uh, we're gonna start talking about baseball a little bit. Um, some interesting news and some outright disgraceful news that I I I must share and I must uh, rant about a little bit. And then it's we'll a talk disgrace. a little bit about the EPL. It is a disgrace. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Premier League. We have a huge game coming up. Huge, huge game. And then we had some, you know, some relegation uh, picture uh, matches uh, come to a conclusion today. And, uh, and and we'll be able to talk about that. And then well, finally, of course, we, we can't log off for the night without talking about the NBA playoffs, which uh, is going on as we speak at the moment. Yes, sir. And it, the score is... The score is way too close for my comfort, actually. But uh, hopefully, hopefully by the time we get to that topic, I will be a much happier man than I am now. Fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes, and, and of course, as always, my name is Andy, and I'm joined by Sanha. Uh, Sanha, I, I first need to get this off my chest <laughs> um, with what's going on with baseball. Honestly. I was really looking forward to the season, okay? I was really looking forward to it. And the Blue Jays were going to have a great season. And I'm not saying that, you know, where they are in the division standings at third place, middling, is nothing of their fault. They have been incompetent. I concede that. But it is absolutely, absolutely, it's asinine when you have MLB umpires that just... Tightened a strike zone in the middle of the fifth inning when we got a pitcher up on the mound working on a no-hit ball game, and all of a sudden you're just giving you're just throwing hitters counts at him and forcing him to just pitch to these guys down the middle, gets gives up two back-to-back hits. Fine. Okay. And and so then he has to be ushered out of the ball game. You bring in the reliever. Oh my god. He of course gives up a three-run homer to John Carlos Stanton to the game tied again. We were up 3-0, and then now it's 3-3. And by the way, the home run was the weakest home run I'd ever seen. StatCast says that it's not even a home run in any ballpark except the pathetic Yankee Stadium, which has, which has the right field porch way too close. It's some Little League shit. And so they get the, they get the game tied, 3-3. Fine. And so Garcia, the relief pitcher, throws a fastball to Donaldson, who, by the way, is a former Blue Jay who won a who won an MVP with I, this squad a couple years back. I remember. I remember it. This this is not a guy that we have any bad blood with. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we have, we have much love for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. And if it weren't for the fact that he's playing for the Yankees, you know, I would be clapping for him if he's stepping up to the plate. You know, but but he is a Yankee, so you know we we can't go that far. But in any case, Garcia throws a fastball and hits Donaldson in the back. I'm sure it hurts, you know, but it happens. And here's the important thing. We're tied 3-3. Yeah. It's the fifth inning. Yeah. Why the hell would we be doing this on purpose? It's an accident. Shit happens, okay? And then the um says, and, and no warnings issued to anybody to this point, no cases of misconduct, just a hit by pitch. Donaldson says it hurts, walks up to first, no, you know, glares at the pitcher, nothing like that. He knows it's like, you know, 
he he's he's probably happy to take the base actually yeah, three three yeah. we finally got some momentum get on base you know like let's let's get this guy in and um they intervene for a second and then they just say he's out of the game he's out of the game and for what it's tied three three they're absolutely brain dead and then here's what happens in the in, in, in the uh, in the bottom the bottom half of that same inning. Yankees reliever, fastball, up and high to Boba Fett. Up and high. Up and high. Not just in. Boba Fett. Up, up high, in. And, and, of course, he gets out of the way. I don't think he was ever getting hit, but, you know, you, you, of course, you know, he, he, he's, 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 not, he's not taking any chances with that one. He's got he's to duck for his life. Sure. And then, you know, manager gets upset, and um, surely, of course, he's going to use his little fat little wand and say, you're out of the game, too. Just the umps basically just crushes the momentum for the Blue Jays in the, at that entire game. And of course, you know, they ended up losing that game. This is re- getting ridiculous, man. The, the umps have been screwing over teams. This is not just the Blue Jays. They start off with these pathetic ass balls and strikes, changing strike zones, get your team on tilt. And then, you know, they're going to and then what, what are they going to do? You know, to add insult to injury, they're going to just throw your guys out. For no good reason, because, you know, they feel like their ego's taking a little hit. Their ego's taking a little hit. Oh, you're going to complain? You're going to complain that I made a stupid call? You know, how's this? Um, you need to get out of the game. That's, dude. So. I so, need a break from baseball, to be honest. So, I mean, I'm let, so tilted. Before, before we move on, let me ask you a couple questions here. So the first question is, like, what would be, what would be, your typical protocol if on you know like if if a hundred times this happens where a player is hit right what would happen most of the time typically well i mean assuming they're isolated instance hit by pitches like yes. mo- it'll happen in most games i right. think at least once right I'd probably so like- see more games with a hit by pitch than not and then what happens? Okay, Usually you just, not, but... you just take the base, right? Like most of the time. Exactly. Like and, and, you know, you got you to factor some things into it. Granted, right, right, you of know, course, of course. A, a, does the player have history with the team? B, do the teams have history? So like Yankees, a la Red Sox, right? This is what we're talking about. Yep. Not the case. Does Donaldson have beef with the Blue Jays? No. So what are the boxes that it checks, right? And so the umpires gave this reason. And this is, this is according to the, the Blue Jays manager in the post-game uh, press conference. He says that the reason why the ejection was given so quickly without warning was because apparently there was a little bit of a verbal altercation, you know, between the Blue Jays catcher and Donaldson the first time Donaldson was up to bat. Between Heinemann, mm-hmm. the, the Blue Jays catcher, who is the backup, and Josh Donaldson. And the funny thing is, is Josh Donaldson was asked about this himself. And Josh Donaldson says, Heineman, I don't even know who that is. So what, what on earth, <laughs> what on earth is going on here? Yeah, you maybe just Donaldson, looked at it the wrong Donaldson, way. Donaldson says like, wait, who, who was I talking to? And, <laughs> and the ups are, yeah, this guy, like, you know, we say some bad words to him. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, bro. At worst case, that is some really soft shit. And, like, 
no, no, no. At best case, that's really soft shit. And at worst case, the umps were just like, they probably knew they made a stupid decision, like knee jerk. And then they kind of just had to, you know, come up with some BS excuse. And I'm probably thinking it's the latter. But so, it's so triggering, dude. So, I mean, let, let me give just for, you know, maybe some folks who aren't so familiar with how all the umping and, and all of that works. Um, so two things. So the first thing is baseball does have electronic, they have technology that can track whether or not a pitch was accurate or inaccurate, correct? And, and, and it, you can do that like instantly, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, right away. Um, and it doesn't take much time then to like, if, if someone blows a call to someone to be like, hey, um, no, <laughs> it, 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 it would be pretty seamless to do that. If the argument is like, oh, the games will take so much longer. They're already so long. They already take like three hours or whatever. It would be pretty seamless and pretty quick um, to do that. And also, if you're a, the thing is, if you're already assuming that your umpire should be good enough that they're only blowing a few number of calls a game, then really that should only be happening, you know, like a handful of times in any given game. If you're if you're assuming that your umpires are are good enough um, to be blowing just a few calls, so the it adds so much time onto the game argument doesn't really make much sense, right? Um, so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing here is that the umpires in the MLB, as far as I understand, they are they are graded and evaluated internally by the league every single year. So they they actually do go in and they audit and they evaluate how accurate they were um, during the over the course of the season. But the problem is. The problem is that the way that they grade um, the the umpires is that it's it's too loose. the The grading guidelines are too loose, and so, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the most egregious umpire, Hernandez, right? Angel Hernandez. Yes, Angel Hernandez. The most every single baseball fan would unequivocally say that he is the most egregious of all of the MLB empires for being inaccurate. Um, in fact, he's been so inaccurate that like on like single games, he's, he scored like 88% or worse, right? That means he's missing calls like 12% of the time, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, but guess what? So on one of his worst games, according to the MLB's evaluation criteria, they rated him 96%. And in fact, in fact, no empires um, last season over the course of the season scored lower than 97% according to their internal evaluation scale. So the MLB, by their own evaluation methods, have no like standing to get rid of an umpire like Fernandez, despite the fact that the fans and everyone else can very clearly see that he is bad for the game and he will actively turn people off from watching nationally televised games because they know that he is a terrible umpire. 
And the 88%, if you think about it, it might sound good, you know, because like you think about it this way, right? You know, you could argue that, okay, well, 12% missed calls. Okay, so that's maybe one pitch in at bat or maybe one pitch every two at bats. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the thing is, is you have to think that, right? Like in in a given at bat, there are like, there are about half the pitches are going to be gimmies, mm -hmm. balls in the dirts, you know? If, as long as you're not like at, you, like you were actually blind or looking away, you will be able to call that. Yeah. And so in actuality, what we need to know is the percentage of critical pitches that he's getting correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's a number that would frighten you, right? Well, so, and so yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like the borderline pitches, what, how, like what's his error rate on that? Because it's going to be higher than 12%. Is so, it 50%? It, it is probably... it 40%? Like that's... And, and that is when, you know, you're really changing the course of the game is if like each borderline pitch is like, you know, you have a very high chance of getting those incorrect. And that's what ha that's what's happening. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, and really, the and, crazy and, thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and the thing is, is right with baseball, you know, when I first started to watch the game, you know, it, before like pre 2010, we didn't have these overlays, you know, with TV. Now yeah, they got yeah, the yeah, overlays yeah. and, yep, it's, and yep. you, you see it you right see away. It. Yeah, right? you see it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, if anything, it's exposing them even more. And and I will say it's like, you know, I do have feel sympathetic to the fact that they must feel like their job is under immense scrutiny, much more than it was before. So, you know, this whole like ego tripping about, you know, throwing people out of the game, like they feel the need to assert dominance somewhere because they feel like they're losing their <laughs> grip or their position in their livelihood, I guess, but this is this is just a disgrace. And you know, may, maybe it's it's maybe the robo umps like you know they cannot come any sooner, especially with at least with the balls and strikes because the that's the one aspect of the game that even if we have you know a replay review, we cannot review the balls and strikes, which yeah. is what like you know a lot of people are going to get pissed off over. Right, right, right. You know, and so. You know, if that if that element of, you know, error is always going to be there, you know, there are always going to be a lot of people up in arms like me about this, especially when we can see it so clearly on the TV and it's like so agonizing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's kind of outrageous. And the worst part about this is what I was going to say is that guys like Hernandez. It's not just that they're. They have like so many bad calls, but it's also that they're inconsistent, right? Like, if you're consistently calling things one way, like at least you know that, right? Like at least, at least you know, and you can maybe try to like alter because you know who your umpire is going to be for the game, like et cetera, et cetera. But like this guy did like whatever he wants, depending on not even just the day, depending on the pitch. It's just like, like there's no way to I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that it's come to the point where what I'm expecting out of an umpire is, okay, if you're going to call that outside, like pitch a strike, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm happy if you just call it, keep calling it a strike for both sides yes, all night long. Yes, yes. And, and it is, and it is, it is really a shame that that's really the scale that we're using now to determine competency is whether are, are you making the same errors like if you're gonna like screw up just keep screwing up that's what we want you to do yeah. like 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 th that that is that is the uh reality that you know spectators are now settling for or forced to settle with yeah. and and the thing is is 
we've had plenty of umpires actually who are like that. And I cannot believe that I myself, looking back at it, was thinking, whoa, those were good umpires. They were good umpires. Hey, he was calling that outside. Hey, he was calling that outside pitch a strike all night long. But he was doing it all night long. He was making that same mistake all night long. So, you know, so he is actually really good. He's a good one. He's a good one, that one. You know, like, like what are we doing? And to put a little bit of perspective on, like, on some of the worst calls here. Um, so this game that I was referencing for Hernandez, where he scored 88%. And if, by the way, that 88% is, like, giving him the benefit of the doubt. So, like, some people, some people said his accuracy was only 85% that game. Anyway, <laughs> he called a strike on a ball that was six and a half inches outside. Over half a foot outside of zone, he called a strike. And for those of you who don't know how big that is, just think about like, half of a Subway sandwich. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that is huge. Yeah, that is huge. That that's massive. Like you have to be blind, or you either have to be blind or just like willfully ignorant to call that a strike. He, I think he was just not like in, he just didn't have his head in the game. He's just distracted. Or maybe he blinks really slowly. <laughs> no, but you can't, <laughs> but you can't really be slowly. like that every game. <laughs> like, what? Man, no, it, it's... It doesn't make... Okay, so, but anyway, going back to, uh, like, what Andy was saying about how it becomes bad when it's impacting the game, right? And the result of the game. And there was a very clear example. Um, it was from April 24th, 2022, this year. Not too long. It was just la- like a couple of weeks ago. Brewers versus the Phillies. Um, it, w- it ended up being a 1-0 win for Milwaukee. The umpire was the, the man in question, Angel Hernandez. And oh, I'm not liking this already. 1-0? After- oh, this is already going It bad. was 1-0. After the hit, after the statistical analysis, his calls were plus 0.77 runs in favor of Milwaukee. And he won them the game. Yeah, he literally he, won them the game. he literally decided the game by having an overall accuracy of 88%. That's what we're that this is this is this is what like that's literally triggered. The competitive oh integrity of the game is at stake when you have umpires that are this bad. They should move Angel Hernandez to permanent, like, you know, like a... <laughs> they, can't, they can't. You know why? Okay, you know what's hilarious? So you probably don't know this. Um, Angel has already tried to sue the MLB for being racist against Wow. Because they because they wouldn't wow. because they would, wouldn't put him would in a world series. That. They wouldn't put him in a no, world I, series. <laughs> I was gonna suggest that screw being in a world series, he should be relegated to second base umpire for the rest of his career. He should not be uh, anywhere Go to the near minor a leagues. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Where would you put him? Maybe you put him third base, actually. No, I just, don't know. But definitely not first base. First base is important. First no, base get him out important. of the majors. What the fuck are you talking about? Get him out. 
Well, clearly they're not. Li- <laughs> clearly they probably don't want to do that because of the publicity. Oh my! And so if you're, no, you're going to keep them around, that, yo. If anything, at this point, so many baseball fans hate Hernandez so much that you would get positive publicity for, for taking him down to the minors. You know what? Like th- this is like so off topic, and it's like not even sports related. But because we were talking about college earlier, yeah. But I, it, it reminds me of this. Uh, my first semester in college, I was taking chemistry with this one professor. Yeah. Uh, shout out, or or maybe he wouldn't want to be doxxed here because like it's a kind of I'm gonna talk shit about him, but he was no, so I know bad. Who he is. I know. He's he's a guy. He's the guy. He was... Everybody knows who he is. So he was so bad. That he basically, for second semester, I'm sure he was expected to, like, you know, teach a couple sessions of chemistry two, which is like, you know, spring semester. But they relegated him to basically like a glorified TA that runs all the office hours. And man, that's basically what we should do with Angel Hernandez. Because if you're not going to fire the man, just put him, just, just put him away from the home plate. Oh my just put God. him away. Because he cannot be deciding runs. He cannot be deciding, you know, oh. balls and strikes. Like, this is not okay. Just, but I think we dwelled on this topic for too long. Um, yeah, let's move I'm gonna, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the baseball segment with like some somewhat positive news. Um, all right, all right. You know, and because like the thing is, is well, okay, Angels, they got the first no hitter of the season. Speaking of speaking of no hitters, right? Um, you know, Yusei Kikuchi with the Blue Jays, he, he was he was doing his very best, but uh, but Reed Detmers in his eleventh career. Major league starts. He gets he gets a no hitter. And the funny thing is, is, like when I saw his reaction after that, like yeah. I was like, you know what? Like for a guy who like who just got a no hitter in his eleventh career start, like his his reaction was like pretty like you know, I would say mild. You know, yeah. I, and, and I don't say it's a bad thing because that just means he's, like he's, he's just cold blooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. he's just cold blooded, yeah, right? Like, yeah. uh, and and you know, Verlander couldn't get it done. Actually, same night he was pretty close. Uh, I think he got to. He pitched seven innings, and then like the, the first batter he faced in the eighth inning was uh, Gio Urshela, I think, uh, got a base hit. But Reed Detmers gets a no-hitter, but to me, that wasn't even the most interesting part of that game. The Rays put up an outfielder to pitch, and Anthony Rendon, we all know Anthony. I love Anthony. Anthony, speaking of cold-blooded guys that don't show any reaction, Anthony Rendon, the man who was like, you know, the, the, the protagonist of the Washington Nationals, Fairy tale World Series run. We all know he's a right-handed batter, but he did not step up to the plate against that. Uh, he God saw the Rays. Damn. You know, Rays are Rays are trying to punt that game. They were down to nothing, and, 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 and he saw the Rays trying to put an outfield. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna try to do that against us? Oh hell no!" And then he just goes up to bat with his awkward left-handed batting stance and just smashes that thing. And he did not cheat like Giancarlo Stanton did last night. He ripped that thing to the gap outfield over the fence. That was, man, that's, if that isn't dropping the balls on the table, I don't know what is. So, dude. That, that was me, how, how, so much more respect. I already have so much respect for, for that dude, Rendon. But after that, I'm like, oh, dude, just take a bow. Like, how that, how that's, rare that's, is that's it? Like, does that happen? I've never seen it before. The oh, really? So you've never seen that before? I've never seen that before. I mean... That's what switch hitters exist for. <laughs> like, you know, right, right, like, right. who does that? Right. Who does that? Well, and like, they sh- I feel like they should exist more in a, let's, for lack of a better word, a baseball meta 
where you know outfield shifts are like more and more common right like that's like i don't want to say that it's 90 percent of the defense but at this point it kind of is right it's a huge part of the yeah, game no, it's a huge part it's of the a game. huge part of the game yeah huge part of the game yeah. yeah so like having someone who has the flexibility to do that i feel like would be a like a pretty significant advantage and I will say, like, as a guy that's, like, never played baseball before, though, mm-hmm. I have no idea how hard it is, actually. Like, me neither. But, but, like, but, like, for me, like, the fact that there are a lot of switch hitters out there that exist mm-hmm. makes me believe that, like, it must be, like, it must be, like, I mean, it's got to be, like, easier than, I don't know, like, throwing. Throwing well, left versus right, I feel like, is a lot harder versus, than, like, you know, hitting left and right is what I'm guessing, right? So it's, like, maybe it's not that, like, ridiculous. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to like, like opposite stances here and it feels so weird. It does feel weird. It, it does feel weird. really um, weird. Like, it doesn't feel natural we, at all. Dude, if we get a baseball guest on here, that's the first thing I'm asking. Yeah, like, like, actually, yeah. like, like, let me know, like, how easy is switch hitting in real life? There, IRL, there, though. Like, it's like. I have a lot of questions for, for people like that. Like. Right? Yeah. Especially, like. I'm mostly interested in like the, the 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 specifics, the technicalities of like pitching. Of that's true. Like how much, like the grips and stuff. Yeah, the grips, and then also then on the opposite side, when you're hitting the ball, like like how much of the ball do you really need to see? How much of it is actually just you know uh, muscle memory versus you like being technically solid, like. Because I, I think there's, there's a book on this, I'm pretty sure, that, like, that, like, explains all of this about, like, um, about the, the, all the, the technical ins and outs of, of pitching and hitting and, and how much of it is muscle memory and, and how much of the stitches you actually need to see to hit the ball and or not, like, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, I mean, very interesting. If they are, if they are seeing anything, they sure as hell do not have a lot of time to see anything because those things are i don't think i've ever had anything over 90 miles per hour thrown at me so that's uh right right that's right. That, that, that that just sounds terrifying um in general but um let's <sighs> move on uh let's let's talk about prim the the premier league um we got some results today right and so i mean i i, I we we definitely said at some point on this podcast don't sleep on leads because they are prime candidates yes. to be bottling this. Yes. And sure enough, I think if you go on any betting site, I'm pretty sure they'll have leads. I mean, they're currently 18. So, I mean, like, based on that alone, you kind of have to. But right chop now, them up as, they're, they might be close. I think they're 18 done, right so. now. They're 18 right now, but they have an extra game on Everton and Burnley, who are 16 17. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. But okay, but but, but anyway, the yeah. good news for them is that they're playing Brentford and Brighton. Yeah. Which to the you know, they're mortal, right? So I mean I guess. And, we, I guess. and whereas like Everton Everton I mean at this point I, I, I wanted Everton to go down, but for the sake of Spurs, like Everton needs to push Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and so Everton's playing Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal. I don't know how they got, like, they just did some Houdini shit, and they just got out of Chelsea, you know, and, like, Leicester City yeah. with doves. I'm like, they won these are the games. Leicester. These are the games, right? Like, we knew they were going to lose. And then they draw Watford. Like, what the fuck? I, I think, though, like, I saw some parts of the game. Lampard was just trying to get a draw here. Lampard just wanted to get points here. Wow, he, he wanted to go back to Goodison. To get the point. He, oh my! He, he, he wanted to. I like. He was playing five at the back against Watford, dude. Like, what an embarrassment! Honestly, <laughs> though, like, okay, like this is this is no time for them to care about like style points. You know, they need to. I understand. They need that. to make sure that. I'm not. I'm not saying that that is embarrassing. It's embarrassing that they're in this situation in the first. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, okay, okay, but, okay, in all fairness to, like, to, to Everton Burnley, if you look at the goal differentials for the teams, it's, it's fairly clear, not, I shouldn't even say fairly, it's, <laughs> there's a pretty stark contrast between the bottom three teams and the rest of the table. Like, it's, it's pretty goddamn clear who should be relegated. But that's the great thing about the three points for a win, one point for a draw, and, and none for a loss kind of um, point system is that despite that, you don't know, like, both Everton and Burnley could still, could still fall into relegation, theoretically. They definitely can. Uh, I, I think Lamport's finally got the locker room, though. You know, those two wins against Chelsea and Leicester. They were huge. They were actually huge. They got games at Goodison. Like, you know, like, I, I, like, they're, I think they'll be able to get over the line. And Leeds, on the other hand, are, I don't know, man. They, they have nothing going for them. And they're they bad for them, too. They're three losses in a row now. It's, and firing Bielsa, you know, Bielsa's going to walk into, you know, the summer, you know, window, you know, with his chest up, you mm -hmm, know. Mm hmm. He's going to have a team, you know, coming at him for sure. Do yeah. you know who else is going to be walking into the summer with his chest up? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It was my problem. It's not my problem. It's not me. And, and you know what? He has a point. He has a point. What has Ragnik done to really turn this squad around? It was Shit. the players all along, no? It, it okay. I think I think as a Manchester United fan, I think it's a problem with the culture inside the building. Like, I think they created. So I know you don't follow esports, but in esports, there's an organization called TSM. You probably oh, heard of that. You probably heard of that. Oh yeah. So. They are, like, there are actually a lot of, like, surprising parallels between them and United. They're both, like, historic legacy organizations um, who kind of built their brand on winning. Like, that was their brand. Their brand is excellence. It's, it's winning. Um, and the problem is when you build a brand and a culture based on and it's literally just winning the problem is that it, it can when when you start not winning 
that becomes no longer a positive for you. It becomes a toxin for your team and your organization. That's what's happened to TSM right now, where they have or they have teams that are not no longer winning, and it's just turned into absolute dumpster fires. And it it's kind of what's happening to United, where it doesn't matter what quality of players you bring to the club, if you throw you know, a nugget of gold into a bucket of acid, it's still going to corrode the fucking metal. <laughs> like, you know, that, that metal is not going to suddenly, you know, magically make the, the bucket of acid no longer acidic. Um, so it, they, they created this, like, culture, this pressure cooker of an organization where you bring in some of the, the, the brightest and highest quality of players that you can find, and they come in and they become worse versions of themselves. So if you continue to have an organization that operates like that, there's no way in hell that you become an elite club. There's no way. There's no possible way. It's not, like There has to be a fundamental change with the organization and the culture that has been created and fostered inside of Manchester United for them to become an elite club again. Wow, I went off. <laughs> Is Ten Hag the man? Is he the man to create that culture? The problem is, I don't even... Because I think they're going to give him time, right? No, I, I do believe that they'll give him time, but I don't even think that... like that's enough. I don't think just the, the changing the general manager is enough. Like, I'm talking like, oh, like ownership. I'm talking people who are inside the building on like... Uh, like the, the business side of things, the, the team side of things, like, there has to be some sort of uh, like fundamental change because at the end of the day, those are the people, because you have to think about it. You have to think about it. They, Manchester United has gone through a lot of managers post-Ferguson era. And we've been pretty shite throughout all the managers. So, so logically, you have to think that Okay, then it must not be the managers because we've gone through a lot of them and the results have been the same. The thing that's remained the same are not the players, are not the managers, are the other management, right? The, the, the overall management, the, the, the ownership, the, the, the ownership group and like the people who work with that. Like those are, that, that's what's been constant throughout all of this. And so logically you have to think that then there must be a problem with them because if we've tried changing everything else, everything else has been like changed, but none of it has worked. That is true. The uh, the ownership, the that is the common denominator. And David De Gea. <laughs> whoa! 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 Don't go ragging him up, boy. I'm just saying though. I'm just saying oh. though. And, and Anthony Martial until. I guess relatively recently, but I think getting yeah, yeah, moving Marshall was the right move. Um, yeah, we did, we did. We did. A lot of people that have to leave that club right now, dude. A lot of people have to go, which is unfortunate. Again, it because they're like um, it actually okay with all the teams that I like that has happened. It's also similar to the Lakers, where you bring in young good talent, Jangelo Russell. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. They shit the bed in the Lakers. Kuzma. Yep. Kuzma. 
That then they go out to another team. Boom. They are they're all stars. Wow. They're all good. Yeah, they're, they're all, all good. they're literally all good players somehow. Except Lonzo. But they're all good. Even Lonzo's Lonzo, not bad. Better. Better. Yeah, right? Lonzo's a like, double double player. He's just a, yeah. a solid double double player, like eleven and eleven. That's pretty solid. Like I take that. Yeah, better than he was in the Lakers. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and in, in any case, it's the same thing for them though. It's the same thing for them, actually. Because you think about the Lakers. They are a historic legacy organization whose culture was literally winning slash Kobe Bryant for the last 20 years. Right. 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 You, Kobe you, Bryant was Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You lose that. You've, yeah. gone, and you've gone through it all again. You've ch- tried to change the coaches. You've tried to change the players. You brought in yeah. literally maybe other than Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time. And you're still shit. United did the same thing. We brought in Cristiano Ronaldo. We're still fucking shit. Wait, it's the same thing. Holy Cr- shit. Holy crap. Oh my god, my head's gonna explode. And then and then you and you bring in like Jaden Sancho, who's supposed to be like your hope. Anthony Davis. And then you bring in Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and then not as good as they used to be. Oh my I mean, god. Anthony Davis too. He was better on the Pelicans. He he looked like a better player on the Pelicans. He's still good when he's on the court, but yeah. It's like no, Anthony Davis is Pogba. Anyway, um <laughs> What is happening to my teams? What the fuck? I don't know, dude. Stay away from Spurs. Maybe though. maybe <laughs> I mean, like it could possibly get any worse. Oh um, my Speaking about the Spurs though, man, um North London Derby tomorrow. Um, Tottenham right now four points below Arsenal so needless to say it's a must win game anything other than a win and You're well old. Spurs and Arsenal they're, they're both guaranteed minimum fifth place but of course they mm-hmm. want number four mm-hmm. um, needless to say again for Tottenham it's a, it's a must win game but even if they win even if they win they're one game one point below right and obviously pretty uncomfortable they they do have goal differential so they it's okay to finish you know at, at the same spot at the table but i mean one point down with two games to go i mean what are the combinations i mean spurs winning out and then you know let's say arsenal win out you still lose arsenal win draw i mean the goal differential is not going to matter at that point you're just going to be yeah. above by one point but to be fair you do have some favorable like your your final pictures are pretty favorable I mean, are, are, also, are Arsenal's not? I mean, Arsenal the only match, <laughs> right, that's a little bit sketchy, is Newcastle at St. James, yeah. right? Yeah. And Newcastle, based on form, and then you just is like, you know, it's a decent team. It's a decent team. Yeah. But that's our only hope. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Unless, like, unless Frank just pulls out, like, a superhuman effort. I mean, it is probably in our best interest that Everton stay within striking distance. Until the last last game, because so we, need that, yeah. we need that fire. Um, so that's why to today's draw result for Everton, I was happy with. If if they got a win, I'm like, oh, now I really feel like they're probably going to be like a straight up chalk it up as an L yeah. against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, on the uh, final match day. But I don't know, man. What do you think? Uh, you taking Spurs, you taking Arsenal. It is at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tomorrow. So I mean, if that you know sways your opinion. Not really. (laughs) 
Not really, as in it's going to be Arsenal regardless? No, I, not really that it doesn't sway my opinion so much. Um, I don't know. I, I frankly favor Arsenal matchup-wise a little bit. I hmm. don't think y'all... I'm worried about your, your defense keeping up. Um, with, with, maybe, with maybe some of the pace that Arsenal will throw at you. Um, I guess the same could be said for Arsenal, maybe. Um, I don't know. It, I think it's going to be interesting. It feels I think like it's going to be interesting. It feels like a toss-up. Yeah, because I think, like, I think both teams kind of want to sit back. <laughs> like, a little bit, yeah. Like, both teams are not going to be want to be caught on the counter. Of course, Tottenham's just not. They're not. They're not a team that's built for heavy possession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Arsenal's not going to come at Tottenham like Liverpool did, saying, "Give us the possession. We'll show you how it's done." Um, Arsenal doesn't strike me as a team that does that exactly either. Yes, and but so the pressure. Yes, on- you right. Matchup wise, it's easier for a team like Arsenal to play against Tottenham yes. than Liverpool or Man City, yes. which is weird to say. Yes, but exactly right. But Tottenham is, but I don't think it's going to be a game where Arsenal. It's going to be, I think, like fifty fifty, like possession wise. Yeah, I don't I think one team's going to dominate the possession. I agree with that. But we got too much quality up front. Let's you do there. have a lot of quality up front. I mean, the the only problem is going to be that the pressure is on you. To win. The pressure is on us. The pressure is on you to win. So, like, Arsenal is okay with the draw here. Arsenal is perfectly fine with the draw. Yeah. No, you're right. Those are facts. And on any given season, I would be concerned. Because why? (laughs) It hurts to say this, but Harry Kane is probably, for a player of his quality, is just way too unclutch. (laughs) Um... And in big games like this. But the reason why I'm not afraid this year is that he is not as heavily relied on to get on the score sheet. We've been able to find a lot of success despite him only scoring 13 goals so far in 34, 35 games. Mm -hmm. That's a good sign. We don't need to rely on him as much. You know, in other seasons, at this point in the season, he'd already have 25 goals, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's a really good sign. Um. And I have no concerns about Son showing up. You know, Son yeah, shows up in North London derbies. Like, like he's going to get his job done. And, you know, Kulusevsky as well had a very big game against City. Played well against Liverpool. He's a big game player. I'm not worried about him. There isn't much that I'm really concerned about, man. Um, as long as we don't, like, you know, make critical mistakes at the back, which is like, you know, I could see it happening. You know, because like you said, they got some guys with pace. Yeah, but yeah. I think Conte is going to instruct the, you know, the wingbacks. Maybe not the wingbacks. The wingbacks do have to play a little bit more of an offensive role. But I'm sure that, you know, the game plan is going to have the midfield to make sure that the back is secure. And I think if we do that, then I think we will be, we will be securing the dub, man. Um, the dub. Final score. Final score. Final score. It's going to be 3 1 Spurs. Whoa! Come on, you Spurs. On, you Spurs. Hey, let me just tell you, okay? Spurs at home, they've been obliterating the opposition, dude. 3 nothing, 4 nothing. Like, these are the score lines we've been seeing. 
So why is 3-1 out of the realm of possible? I don't think it is at all. I don't think it's out of the realm. Well, I think Definitely it's- not, dude. What's going to happen is Spurs going to go up early 1-0. And then Arsenal's like going to have like kind of a... It's going to be like a tense, you know, first half, one nothing. And then second half, Arsenal's going to come up because they need, they're going to try to equalize. They're not going to let this game go. And then that's when Spurs just, they just exacerbate the problems for the opposition. That's how they've been getting these, you know, like, you know, huge score lines, you know? Yeah. yeah. They scored that early goal, put the pressure on you. Once you start playing loose just to try to equalize, that's when they'll stretch you thin and they're going to hit you with the counter. Right. Counter jab, counter jab, counter jab, and get away whoa, on a free nothing. Three no, and then Arsenal's gonna bag a bag a, a consolation because I mean, Spurs have no concentration when it comes to the last ten. Minutes. Hey, I'm gonna call it. Why, you know I'm gonna call it right now. One one. <laughs> That's lame. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NBA, man. Let's do it. Oh god, let me first check this score. Oh god, please, 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 please. I'm checking the score too. I'm checking the score too. Oh god. Oh no, no, no. Okay. You know what? The podcast, you know, we can end this now. Nope, nope. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Giannis. It's 40 points. This is so triggering. Wait, oh my god, no, I can't. We're gonna talk about 40 points. I can't. We're gonna talk about how the Celtics are losing a series to a Chris Middleton less. Milwaukee Bucks. How do you hey, feel dude, about that? You did not have the Bucks coming out. Don't try to act not. slick like not. you know. You suck. Hey, hey, hey! You're not as deep into this shit as I am, but you're still in there, dude. God, <laughs> that's true. The... But I, I, I just wasn't as hot on on the Celtics as you were, though. What? Okay, so. Let, I mean, let's talk about the series. The series, somehow, for some... Okay, so, I need someone to explain this to me. Freaking outscored. They got outscored by 12 points in the last quarter. Like, we could just wrap it up there, man. Dude. No, 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 I no, thought no. they solved the clutch issue, man. Not for the game, for the series. The problem is, the problem in the series has become that the series has, at its core, turned into... A contest of Giannis against Jason Tatum. That's the core it issue. It should not have been. Exactly right. That's yeah. the core issue here. The, the Celtics have way too much talent supporting Jason Tatum relative to the talent that's supporting Giannis. Especially with Middleton out. So this should really have been a contest of Jason Tatum and friends versus Giannis, but somehow it's become a contest of just Jason Tatum straight up versus Giannis, and Jason Tatum's a goddamn good player, but Giannis is a former MVP, championship MVP, and former champion who literally had already done it and taken this team all the way to the crown. And as the series score would suggest, he's winning the battle. And if you watch the games, he's winning the battle. He is, man. I don't know what but else dude, to say. We cannot. I don't... <laughs> what? 
What what else is there to say oh. here? It's just like <laughs> the Celtics need to do better. That's because no, here's the thing, man. No, I I, I knew I I, I, I <laughs> and and you know I wasn't saying that we were gonna hold. I'm not gonna say we because I am not part of that Celtics fandom. I just happen <laughs> to think the Celtics are a very good team. I never was a we. I'm never gonna go there. Excuse my language. So definitely not a we. But I knew. The Celtics were not going to hold Giannis to 15 and 10. They weren't mm-hmm. going to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. You're completely delusional if you would think that, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I was expecting, you know, nice where he's scoring 40. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you take that into the calculation. Mm-hmm. But what you don't take into the calculation mm-hmm. is Drew Holiday putting up 24, 8, and 8. And when that happens, that's how you get... A loss by three points. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. But you have to contextualize, you have to contextualize this. Is it Drew Holiday getting twenty-four points without Chris Middleton? So when when Drew Holiday's your your number two unequivocally, no, 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 no. Drew Holiday should not be getting twenty-four when Marcus Smart is on your team. That's true. That's true. If you're if you're gonna put Tatum on Giannis all game, you better you better make sure nobody else is doing any damage. But because you're the problem is the problem is that when that but that's exactly the problem that happens when you play against Giannis is that he draws the pressure so that his number two option, whether it be Chris Middleton or in this case Drew Holiday, has more opportunities to open up. That's what happens when you play against Giannis. I mean, the games, the games that I was watching, dude, like the Celtics were not aggressively trying to extinguish Giannis. They were still trying to, you know, play man to man. I thought, and you know, and so it's not like Drew Holiday's having, you know, like he should be getting, you know, free range, you know, like free routes to the basket. You know, this is He's not. not yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. But here, so here's the thing. They are rotating. They're rotating who's defending Giannis, right? Part of the rotation is Marcus Smart. Tatum doing most of that work. I mean, Tatum is doing a lot of it, but it's also Horford, and then it's Marcus Smart. This is true. That's, that's what but, happened. This is, that's what happened. Like, uh, dude. <laughs> Dude, oh, I think, Lord. I think, dude, I think, I think this is over, man. I think Giannis is just the best player. I mean, we knew that. I mean, I, in the series, I mean, no, we I, knew that. I knew we knew. No, like, yes, but like, to this extent? Uh, dude, I, guess, I mean. It's like. The thing is, Tatum and Brown combined for 60. And this is like that's like a win condition, you know what I mean? Like, like that's like the yeah, that's like yeah. the thing that I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, like we were thinking, you know, as long as Tatum and Brown can like find a way to put up sixty each night, yeah, that is the win condition to Makes achieve sense. victory. Makes sense. But on the condition that you don't let Drew Holiday rough for twenty four and eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, like Drew Holiday's a good player, but he's not twenty four eight and eight. He's not. He put up an LBJ line. 24, 8, and 8? That's LBJ! Yeah, I guess. God! I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. you know, I, I don't I'm know what to tell you. Team, dude. I, I, really... I can't believe I believe in them like this. Oh my god. This is... 
I don't even want to. I'm just, disgusted, honestly. The, the question for me here is like, are we done with Tatum? Like, like. No, I don't think so. Is is Tatum so. ever going to? Because I think if they lose the series and Tatum Tatum does not, and he hasn't really shown up to like the elite level. I don't think in in the first five games here. Um, if you look at his overall uh overall work uh that he's put in so the question is does he ever become like elevate to that level of where you would put Giannis I would put in there probably Embiid Durant yeah Durant um AD when he's healthy um I mean, obviously LeBron when he's healthy too. Jesus Christ, I can't believe there are two of those players on the Lakers and they didn't make the playoffs. Anyway, um, is that it? Like, nope. Jokic is not at that kind level. of not there. Jokic is kind of not there. Um, no, I think. Um, I think that's probably it. With a guy. Oh, Steph. Steph no, with Steph. a guy like. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think you put a guy like Tatum in right. that. Right, he's not, he's not level. in that category yet. And so the question like, is, does he ever get there though? Like, if after this season he didn't get there, know. does he get there? I mean, I don't know, but it's like, but it's also a question. It's not, it's not really like he has to get there. So like, I don't know, like you know, if we have to like, like. We have to think that the Celtics, you know, need to part ways with him. No, like it's nothing like that. Route. Of course, yes. You should not do that. You should absolutely not do that. Because I, I think he's... I think I put him in the same category as a guy like Booker. You know? Mm-hmm. With really good pieces around, you can make a deep playoff run like we're forecasting the Suns to do, right? And the thing is, he has that. He yeah, has that yes, right now. Yes. That's, why I, that's why I think... That's why I thought they were going to go to the finals. Because they have Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. who is a... Legitimate number two. Mm-hmm. And Tatum's like a, okay, he's like a 1.5, but maybe if you surround him with a freaking defensive player of the year and Al Horford, who's playing like he's 25, mm-hmm. maybe you put, you, you, now you got a squad that can make it to the finals. And they're freaking bottling it. So then, so then that's the question. What's the issue then? Because well, Tatum's putting the 23 yeah, a game yeah, in this yeah. series. I mean, that's the problem. That's not enough. That's he not should enough. be putting up 30. That's not enough, but... Man, I don't, I don't know what you do. Like, you surrounded him with, with the right players. Do you have to make a move for another player? Like, do they even have the cash base to do that? Probably not. I would guess not. Probably not. What can, what can they what can they possibly do? Like honestly, change. just hope hope for like a like a late round draft pick to like really pay off. Damn. Or like a sorry, a, 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 a draft pick like you know late in like the first round or something like that to like just like really just overperform. That's about it. Like find a diamond in the rough kind of situation where like the guy comes in and like is like a really really good role player that adds another layer. 
Or, yeah, or you just need to get lucky and you need to have a postseason where your your role players are all firing. Like, the, the heat, heat that one season, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't, like, the, I think the nature of the NBA at this point, it's, a, it's at a good place, right? Like, you don't need, because before we were like, if, you're, if you don't have LeBron or Steph on your team, like, just give up, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not at that point anymore. Like, a lot of teams have, like, you know, they don't have a lot of bullets to fire, but they have a bullet to fire. Like, you know, a lot of teams, you can say, in yeah. the league. And so yeah. I think the Celtics are still going to be here. They're still going to be able. And, and you know, Tatum, like, you could argue Tatum's got more, you know, experience. Going up against, like, you know, a, like a number one guy, legit. And, you know, maybe he's going to come away with a lesson. But, I mean, it's 3-2. It's not impossible, but it is hard to see Giannis losing two games in a row. I mean, he's too good, man. Yeah, he's too good. Yeah. He's too OP. He's too good. I underestimated him. Me too, honestly. I'm going to be honest. I, I did too. Yeah. Like, that guy is just a monster. Like, I mean, like, you, you can't expect a guy who just doesn't really have, like, a nice jumper to just be invincible like this. this yeah. Is... His, his, name, his name was Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. His name was Dwight Howard. Yes. Who was also 6'11". Well, what do you think about the the whole J- Joel Embiid thing, man? Like he was got that face mask, and then he got like smacked in the face that night. Yeah, that was brutal. And obviously, like it's like the worst thing that could happen happens, right? And they still get blown out. They got absolutely blown I, out. The, I just bench him, dude. I don't think they're gonna right. Do you still play him? You still trot him out there, Game Six? Because, like, to my understanding, the his his injury is actually like you know if you you can really have some there's a there's a there, there's a chance you could have really bad consequences if you aggravate it in an unfortunate way. And and that's not his only injury. He's playing like with like multiple injuries right now. Um. And an injury-prone guy, right? Yeah. I... So, like, the argument is that the, the, it's like if this, if it isn't now for the Sixers, it's never going to be. So it's like that's the argument that I've heard. Right. That's about it, actually. I I don't if, really. If 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 Harden was playing better, I would say go for it. Mm. But the way that he had a good. Game four, but the way that he's been playing in the overall playoffs has not been good. I don't know. It's hard to say because you're in the you're in the conference semifinals. It's hard to say just like when a player doesn't have an injury that's like making it impossible for him to play the game to be like just give up, you know. It, it's they're in a really weird place, but at the same time, you by putting him out there again, you risk a more serious injury to the key to your franchise, the face of your franchise, like the only thing your franchise really has, really that's solid. Um, and uh, for a guy who is one a big man, right? So like foot injuries, lower body injuries are already more serious with him. To a guy who's 
had a history of serious injuries, missed an entire missed his rookie year because of a foot foot injury, I think it was. Um mm. man, to put it back out there, it, it feels like it's just asking for uh, for her him to get injured again. Um Yeah, I don't know, man. But like what will your fans say? The problem is what will your fans say if you bench him? Like your fans will be pissed off. Your fans will be like, what the fuck? Like we can win this. Well well, I don't know, man. Like the fans know about MB. Yeah, they so, like, know, I don't but know, they man. still want to win. I don't know, man. Philly fans do be ruthless. <laughs> yeah. They do yeah. be hella ruthless. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're like, suck it up. You're being paid millions of dollars to play a game. Go play the game. Yeah, That's imagine what... if Kyrie imagine if Kyrie was on the Sixers. Oh my god. Oh Dude. dear lord, that would be so much you know. To be honest, that'd be so much fun from the outside. That'd be so much fun. Oh my goodness! Be, that's the trade that should have happened. Kyrie for Ben Simmons, Ooh. because you know why? Both teams would probably be better. Hot take, but not a hot take. Well, dude, Sixers would be primetime TV. That's for sure. On and off the court, and they would be better. <laughs> they would just be better. Kyrie on the Sixers, man. Like, just put that on national. T- put that on TNT. Lock him up <laughs> every night. Honestly, though, and then Harden, Harden on the the Nets would also just be better. He's a better fit for the offense. Like yeah. they're 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 running the Steve Nash yeah. offense, right? They're running the the right, right? and he's Agreed. already run it before to great efficiency. And he's a great fit for it, just in general. Like his play style is, like, yep. much better than Kyrie. Yep. Who who wants to like stand there dribbling the ball for you know all the seven seconds that he has to find a shot? So, man, why did they do that? What the fuck? Well, I mean, if you're the Sixers, do you really want Kyrie, like a guy who plays like twenty games a season, like? Probably not. Yeah, right? I guess. But at also, least, at least, Harden, at least Harden's gonna play. But you know? Philly also didn't have a vaccine mandate, so question mark, question mark, question. <laughs> it's like a lot of professionalism issues about Kyrie that I'm like sure is like, like, dude, like he's you he's can pretty. You can say the same. He's for like thing like no dude but like Kyrie's different like he's the closest thing to Kaepernick in this league you know like like on a professionalism level like can we keep this guy for PR purposes like is it gonna like bode well with the fans and things like that like he's about as like bad as it gets you know he's Randy Moss but it's it's, the, the good thing is that for him is that the NBA as a whole is far more on board with his beliefs than the NFL was when Kaepernick was playing. Yeah, yeah. Like, the uh, NBA is, like, they're much more tolerant of that, like, of the ethos behind his behavior. Um, and so that's why, like, like I'm sure, like, everyone's kind of conflicted right now, because, like, yeah, like, like you know, like, kind of has a point about, like, what he's saying, except the vaccine, but, like, you know, like, the whole, like, you know, being a martyr and stuff, like, you know, 
and we kind of appreciate that and not the flat earth we thing. need you to show up to play <laughs> so it's like i don't know it's a very delicate situation and but like i'm sure like, like you know the sixers probably did just didn't want any part of that is what i'm thinking um i think brooklyn would have done it i just think the six sixers weren't gonna do we're it we're willing to do it Ugh. yeah man that that's sucks. what i think that sucks for the nets like they they really and so yeah they, yeah they settled for surprise surprise they settled for yet another subpar trade where they get screwed over jesus christ man yeah, yeah they yeah. really should have kept Harden. i just yeah. I, I don't i don't i don't understand weren't, weren't the lakers interested in Kyrie at some point like they should have just taken that deal I don't know, actually. Would have also made the Lakers better than they are, or they were. Kyrie if, with LeBron James? Yeah, in every single yeah. possible situation, scenario, shipping off Kyrie was the right answer. Oh, my God. Yeah, may, maybe Yeah, maybe if Kyrie and LeBron played together, I don't know, maybe they win a chip or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Have we seen that before? <laughs> I don't know, man. Damn. <laughs> Jabu or something. <laughs> <laughs> interesting possibility maybe they win a championship or something like that oh my god anyway um, all right what what's the other series here um you want to talk about the maps and Doncic? well i want right. to talk about Doncic because well first off before we talk about Doncic, can we talk about how in this series do you know who the leading blocker for the suns are suns is chris paul Devin Booker, D-Book baby, oh, really? leading blocker of the I feel series. Like, I feel like I feel like Chris Paul would like get his fair share because like you know like 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 with some help defense or something like that. Like, like he's too short, know, man. He's, but he's savvy like that. He is like, savvy, but he's, he's too short. He's too short. He's gonna get like you know like those like blocks or like the guys like like you know he's not completely up in the air yet. Like you yeah, know what dude, I mean? The problem with his block would be him jumping and then he like the end of his finger getting like the bottom of the ball. Kind of, exactly <laughs> like block. something weak something <laughs> weak but still something counts weak. you know that kind of vibe <laughs> yeah that's so fucking funny anyway um yeah i just want to talk about luca because uh, so it's inter- it's very interesting in sports how i think and i think it, it, it's one of the things that makes sports so entertaining is how um teams go through cycles of they go through cycles of the same thing, of the same themes, like, over and over again. Um, I, I don't know exactly, like, I don't think it's a, it's, like, a purposeful thing. Like, I don't think, like, the team owners or whoever are, like, purposely cho- choosing to, like, go down the same path over and over again. Um, sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. Um, but it's interesting, like, the math, for instance, how... Their previous success was reliant on one transcendent, happened to be European <laughs> guy, in, in Dirk Nowitzki, who carried them single-handedly, literally single-handedly, to a championship over, over maybe the most embarrassing, uh, the most embarrassing time of LeBron James' career ever. Um, and now here we are again. They re- after he retired, they replaced him with another European guy who is the the single player on your team who is single handedly carrying you 
through the playoffs, like Dirk did. What's interesting is that I don't think the Mavs did this on purpose. Um, they right they, they originally got Porzingis, and and we're going to like the intention was to pair him up with Luca to to have like this one two punch, right? And it just didn't work out with Porzingis, and it, it just ended up being like this again somehow. But that, that's why I'm saying it makes it, it's it, that's interesting because it wasn't a purposeful decision by Cuban to have this happen. It just fell into place again somehow, and and. They actually have a chance. Like, if they beat the Suns here. Alright, yeah, going up against Golden State might be hard. But, but. I don't think they're going to beat the Suns, dude. You don't know. Nah. Nah. I think party's over, man. Party's over. But, like, yeah, I, I will say look at all the teams that are remaining right now, and. How many teams have got here on the back of just one superstar? Let's see. You have the Mavs and the Bucks. That's it. And Doncic? Is Doncic on the level of Giannis? I mean, we sure as hell probably didn't think so before. But, dude. Maybe. He's, he's, a, he's a freaking player. Maybe. And maybe it is one day that he, just like Giannis did, might lead the Mavs to a championship on his own. I could see it happening, dude. You know what? He's I'll, that I'll, good. You know what would be great? Oh my gosh! What would be great is if we had a replay of Dirk Nowitzki 2011 playoffs, Luka Doncic in the finals versus Giannis. Giannis has the worst series of his career. Luka wins the championship. Giannis has now become LeBron James. And Luka now becomes Dirk Nowitzki. Unless Giannis gets somebody of, of Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh caliber on his team, which, by the way, if he does, I cannot imagine in any universe him not winning the championship. <laughs> if that happens, okay. But because, like, I, the, the, the level of embarrassment that LeBron James was going through in that period, that was, it was meme worthy. It the fourth quarter fiasco. I mean, that that was meme worthy, dude. We still remember that. And yeah, we're talking about it right now. <laughs> like it's not. It's not. It's. I mean, Giannis losing right now in any kind of finals, not the same level at all. Even if he had Middleton and he goes up against Doncic and loses, it's still not the same. Yeah, it's, probably not, it's probably not the same. But it's not. But you, it, it, it'd be pretty embarrassing still. And there's the whole thing about like LeBron James leaving to go to this team, whereas like Giannis, like he stayed here. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's not like he was trying to make like sneaky moves to try to like finagle and engineer this artificial like you know. What would have really been perfect for himself? What right? would have been really perfect if it was if it was the Nets, right? And then KD has the worst series ever. Exactly. Yeah. Now now we're talking. Now we yes. have the parallel. <laughs> Doncic and then a team with KD still with Harden and then Kyrie yes. and then Doncic yes. all those get that's literally Dirk yeah. um, part two yeah yes that's exactly I could, yeah, that's sick of which can happen next year so you know uh yeah with with KD and uh, Kyrie I don't know that team's like that team's got to figure it I'm out. not saying yeah. I'm the I'm not saying I'm the author of the NBA but I'm foreshadowing it <laughs> all right well. 
Call me when the freaking Brooklyn Nets with their current team and coach make it to the finals because that's not happening. Yeah, you're right. Much. You're right. In any case, um, yeah, we expect the Suns to win here. Um, yep. Yeah, like they're, they're kind of firing um, on all cylinders here, right? And no one's going to stop DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Like. And as for the last series, dude, right now, I mean, as we speak, the Grizzlies are up 53-36 without John Morant. I mean, it's not going to end up that way. Yeah, but, it's not going to end up that way. Um, right, but still, that's kind of sus. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a little sus, but, you know, I, I, I don't mind if, like, the, the Warriors kind of take it a little bit easy here. Um... Right. I th- I think they're pretty comfortable. They're up three one. They just have to win one more, right? Um, and they can take yeah, it a little easy. They're the easy. only team that's up three one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, Jaw might be out for the entire playoffs. Like even if they win right. the series somehow, right. so like they're they're not. I, I don't think they're overly concerned. So like I won't I won't really bash them if they if they take a game off here. Yeah. You still got the Warriors making to the finals. I do. I. No, sorry. I I don't. I don't. I still think the Suns are going to make it to the. Uh, I I kind of like the Warriors, man. I mean, no, no, wait. Now, now I misphrased that. I don't like the Warriors. I hate the Warriors. But <laughs> I, I, I I like the Warriors to make it to the finals. I feel uh, that, dude. I feel that so much. I hate the Warriors so much. But do I still think they're going to make it to the finals? Problem. I think it's a toss-up. I, th- I think I think Warriors Suns is going to be a fire series. It's going to be very interesting because so if you characterize the Warriors Grizzly series, right, it it's that it, the Warriors keep playing small ball into them, and the Grizzlies have no answer because what what's their big man? Jaron Jackson, who keeps playing outside on the perimeter. Like Steven right. Adams, that's gonna be your go-to guy on the inside. That it is Steven Adams, I right? guess. Is their, yeah, their that, big that, that's yeah. Just, it's just not gonna fly. It's just not gonna fly. That's not good enough. But yeah. against the yeah. Suns, they have a force to actually reckon with in in DeAndre Ayton, who's not a scrub, as Stephen A. Smith would say. He ain't no scrub. Oh yeah, he ain't no scrub. He'll put up buckets. He'll yeah. put up buckets, right? Yeah. So Adams can't do that. So that's going to be the difference for the Warriors here is that they kind of skated through playing this small ball lineup because they haven't got punished, which they should have gotten punished by Denver. They didn't, which is why I I, I still like them to make the finals. But well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see in the in the series. That's the way that that's the way that Phoenix wins, right? That's the way because the the Warriors are going to keep playing small ball. And the Suns have to find a way to punish it with, with their size, with DeAndre Ayton. Yes, but I, I, well, the great thing about the Suns is that, like, they don't need to, like, feel desperate that they must exploit that size advantage because they still have, you still have freaking the, the smartest ball distributor on the court. True. And you still have Devin Booker. So they, they're they're gonna use a multitude of weapons. Yes, yeah, you might see DeAndre and like you know get a small bump in production, but I don't think like the game plan is gonna change. All of a sudden, he's putting up thirty five a game, and like they're like feeding him the ball all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I really I still really like this like the Suns like versatility. I think they're gonna make it out. Um, as for the East, I don't know, dude. Like you don't want to, you don't want to call the Bucks. You don't want to call for the Bucks. 
I'm sinking with the ship, dude. I'm gonna say the Celtics get series. They get another series. We're sinking with the ship. Oh my god, dude. You know, I'm actually really impressed with how the Heat have handled these playoffs. And let's let's take this time to give props to Is he the best coach in the league right now? Monty Williams, bro. Not even... no, 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 no. is all is. I will say the Spolstra has been so good for such a long time. Yeah, okay. it's kind of getting the Popovich treatment. Like we were kind of just like desensitized to it. That's what I'm saying. You know? so that's what I'm saying. It's like, is he the best coach in the league? No, no, He's not the best coach. In the league. No. On what grounds? On the ground, like, do you talk about this year, or like just the best in general, or like best in what? general, best in general. I mean, don't you still give that to Pop? Based on resume, like based uh, on. I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Because like, I don't I... think you could get. I don't think you give it to him like on based on any argument, based on recency, based on legacy, based on yeah. But he's he's up there in in both arguments, but I don't think he comes out on top for me. I guess he doesn't beat Pop. But after Pop. Mm, he's good. He's really good. He's really, he's really, good. really good. I just, I just, I don't know. Like, I just want to give him some credit here because the way that he has the Heat playing and punching above their weight, you know, Playing to more than the sum of their parts is, is just so impressive. And it's not the first time that he's done this. And, like, goddamn, man. Um, the, the question is, like, do we, have to, do we have to think about Jimmy Butler differently? I mean, dude, Jimmy Butler going to the Miami Heat has been the best decision he's ever made in his career. Right. Like, he is... I'm still, I still don't think like he's in a vacuum, like even a top 10 player in the league. Probably. But the thing is like, you know, like he's found his like role and they've built a team around like him like so well, like, and they have such like, I mean, they're kind of like the Suns in this way. Right. But I think like the Suns light maybe. In the sense that, like, you know, the, the quality isn't quite there in all of their individual pieces. Or maybe, like, the distribution's a little bit flatter of the talent across. Because, you know, they have guys like Tyler Hero. You know, they have guys like Duncan Robinson who can also hit a three. And, you know, Bam Adebayo. Robinson's not been and, playing, by the way. But, um, like, you know, like, like it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's, I think the distribution is a little bit more, like, flat. Than the Suns. So, so tell me this. Tell me this, Ben. He's. Tell me. Okay, so let's take take Jimmy Butler out of the Heat roster, and then take Jason Tatum out of the Celtics roster. Which roster would you rather have? To support your to support your number one guy. To, uh, to make it easier, I'll, I'll I'll read it off for you. Right on the Heat, you have PJ Tucker, Bam. Max Struss, Gabe Vincent, you don't know who any of these people are, Dwayne Devin, 
Tyler Kyle, is Kyle, Kyle Lowry healthy? No. No, 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 no. Wait, what? Lowry. Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Is he healthy? Wait, why was he not playing Lowry? right now? Isn't Lowry on the Heat right now? He's just injured right now, isn't he? I'm sorry, what? Did I miss something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's injured. That's why, that's why we haven't seen him. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Without, without Lowry. Without Lowry. The, the players that I named, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo. Lowry's a big sell. I mean, like... But without, without Lowry. Without Lowry. Because right now, he's, he's playing without Lowry. I think the Celtics, then. You'd rather have the Celtics, Celtics. there. So then, so, then the, so then here's the question. So if that's the case, if that's the case where you would rather have the Celtics lineup for your, your, your star player... Are you saying that Jimmy Butler is better than Jason Tatum? <laughs> well, I mean, you've you gotcha. kind of cut the. I got gotcha. no, no, no. Well, no, no, no. You, you've cut. You've kind of cut the corner with the logic there, because you're assuming that I think that if the Heat and the Celtics were to play right now, that I would think that the they would be an even matchup. I think the Celtics beat them. I don't know, man. I don't know who's gonna be the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll, I'll see. Hey, hey, hey. Dude, I think if the Heat play the Bucks right now, the Bucks win. I think the Bucks and Bucks I and the Celtics are the two best teams in the East right now. Oh, so you think that's the actual Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. So what are you so, gonna? So, so what? I think the Celtics. Celtics have no. The Heat have a better team if you have Kyle Lowry healthy. Yeah. Outside of you, take out the two guys. If you put if if Lowry's healthy, because I actually really like Lowry as a player, um, because he he he's like a he's a kind of player that age his game is gonna age well because he relies on his shot a lot and he's a good shooter. I know you like Lowry as a player because you called him Budget Chris Fall. Yeah, like, yeah, I, did. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. He he he's he's Budget Chris Paul, but he's definitely not Diet Chris Paul. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I, that I'm booty not. though. That <laughs> booty though. Um, um, yeah, like if if Lowry is playing, then outside of Butler, I think the Heat they their depth is a little bit better than Celtics. I guess, but Jalen Brown's like Jalen Brown's still the best player if you take the number one options out though. Yeah, I don't know. So, but I think I think the Celtics they have they have the best player on the court if they are in a series together in Tatum, and they also have the better team outside of their if, if out of each team's respective ones. So when the Heat take um, when the Heat take Milwaukee to seven games in the conference finals, are you still going to tell me that Tatum is better than Jimmy Butler? I mean, are you saying that the Celtics are not taking the Bucks to Game Seven? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they will. Let's say that they don't. And you can't just say when the Heat take the Bucks. You gotta say if, because there is. Yeah, no, no, it's no, not I'm, over yet. I'm entertaining a, a, a potential scenario, possible scenario. What I'm really trying to do here is try to try to make Andy. I see. No, I see what you're trying to do. You're, 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 you're trying. You're trying to get me to put a scale on Jimmy Butler right now. I, I try. I, I try to get you to say that Jimmy Butler is better than Jason Tatum. No, and I'm. I'm saying he's not. I'm saying he's not. I, I he's straight up not. Like I, I. I know that. 
I think I think maybe you can make the argument that on a scale wise, maybe Jason Tatum is closer to Jimmy Butler in terms of like value. He's closer to Jimmy Butler than he is to Giannis. Closer to Jimmy Butler than he is to Giannis. Giannis. But that's only because Giannis is too good. But um but Jimmy, come on, man. I don't know, man. Shooting adds value. Scoring adds value. No, no, I shouldn't say shooting because Giannis doesn't shoot that well. But scoring adds value. (laughs) And Tatum and Butler are in different worlds when it comes to scoring, and that's that's where that's true. That is unequivocal. And so that's that's why I think you know you have to give Tatum you know the nod. And and the thing is, Tatum is no slouch on D either. So like he's he's just a good player. I think he's just a better player than Butler. But no respect to Jimmy. I, he's a hell of a player, dude. At the um, yeah, come on, at the come on, of, dude. The Celtics Bucks is this true Eastern Conference Finals right now. At the at the end of the at the end of the playoff here, um, we're going to, or maybe if we have some time before the finals start, we're gonna have to do a um, we're gonna have to do a ranking of our our best players in the NBA. Because I think it's gonna get spicy. Ooh, ooh! Don't think about it now. Don't think about it now because it's 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 already too hard to think about it now. I mean, we're gonna have to put some limits on it because we can we can be talking for like hours if we're gonna oh, do like yeah, a top fifty. Not top fifty. We're talking about top twenty-five, which is actually gonna make it harder because there are probably. Well, I'll have to see because there there are some points when like you know it's actually easy to do the top thirty, and then it's kind of like I don't know. Like I'll have to look at it. But if I had to just guess off the top of my head, I would guess that we have forty different players that are top twenty five worthy. If I had to guess, probably. Yeah. But if you like, if you sit down and reason it out, I think you could whittle it down to probably thirty, and then you're really going to be agonizing over like probably ten. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. which of the which which five of the ten? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, right, right. Hopefully, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's a little teaser for. I already know that there's gonna be no Washington Wizard on that, so you know, whatever. I'm completely unbiased. What? I don't think Bradley Beal's top twenty-five. Probably not. See, we're already we're already afraid of it. I think Bradley Beal's fucking good. Dude, he had a horrible season this year. Yeah, because. What did he have to play for? Oh, come on. That's not good enough. What did he have to play for, dude? Nah. He's probably one of those he's probably one of those 40 guys that you're talking about. But if if anything, if I if I give him a negative for anything this season, it's that he didn't force his way to the Lakers. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. All right. We're wrapping this up. This is this is this is like this is the uh, that's this is the time. This is like the point in the podcast where like the takes just become absolutely just bonkers. I mean, this is too fire, too hot. Yeah, uh, Sona, I, I I need I need to get you offline before you get canceled for your takes. Oh my, this is that. Oh this, this is outrageous. This is outrageous. Bradley Beal is the top twenty-five player. You heard it here first. I- Hey, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna like argue against it too hard because I gotta think about it too. But maybe you're right, maybe you're not. I, mean, I have to think about it. I open it right now. I'll play five. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. 
All right. Well, this is a uh, this is been keeping 111 as always. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.